Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined here, as always, with my dad, Jack Brinker. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Todd. Good to hear your voice this morning. Likewise. Got all your uh, notes ready to talk about stuff today? Well, I don't know <laughs> if I got them all here. But <laughs> some notes, still some look, things. Still look, yeah, still looking for one that I know was in photos yeah. here, something I had captured. But yeah. anyway... Uh, so uh, most of the world has been politics lately, so I don't know how uh, what's <laughs> really going on much in the tech world. Uh, well, that depends on what you're listening to. If you're listening to politics, then most of the world's been politics. I've been ignoring <laughs> politics, so there's been no politics at all for me in my world. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> you know, I don't. I just don't believe in paying any attention to the uh, to the uh, nominating. Commentator. Uh, well, no, the oh. nomination, um, the whole, um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, party it's apparatus. It's yeah. it's political theater, and and you know, there's there's no debate at all. It's just I'm going to stand up and tell you how awful that person is and how wonderful I am, and I don't care. I think that's all a crock. It's all marketing. It's all political theater, and I just I don't care. And so I didn't pay any right. attention to the Democrats. I'm not going to pay any attention to the Republicans. Once they get past all this, you know, if they set up some debates where the two people can actually talk about something, uh, then we'll see if that actually becomes something substantive or if that's more, you know, the question is asked and then they answer a completely different question because they don't just ignore the commentators because that's something else that political people do. So, um, right. yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's kind of that's that's kind of the way I am. I didn't I didn't listen to anything right through. I I wait until it's kind of over and kind of look listen to summaries on both uh, mm -hmm. from both different or different networks that take have different takes on it. You right. know, well, because I'm on the on the radio, I have to understand what's going on a little bit. So I I I browse through the headlines, and if there's something that somebody said that was particularly exceptional then I will go back and listen to what that person said because you can get all this stuff online. And uh, right. and that way at least I'm informed enough to be able to talk about it on the radio. But I don't sit and watch the the conventions because to me that's like, – I can't think of a bigger waste of time. Um, yeah. What I've been wasting my time watching instead is the NBA playoffs. Um, oh, I, I yeah. saw where the, the uh, Clippers got beat. Yeah, the they're they're now two and two in their series uh, with Dallas, and uh, Dallas had their their second leading scorer out because of injury, and their leading scorer Score was playing injured right at the end. Huh. Yeah, well, he was playing injured too. I mean, the last game that they played, they didn't think he was going to be able to come back because he twisted his ankle really bad. If you watch the video, yeah. it's it's horrifying, uh, and uh. yet. Uh, yet he came back and played, had a great game, scored over 40 points and a three-pointer to put them away with, with seconds left. I mean, I think the buzzer went off while the ball was in the air. That kind of, no, like, you know. I think it was a two-pointer. They were only behind by one, and it, he didn't quite make it back. But it doesn't matter. No, he was know. well behind the three-point line. It was a three-pointer. Yeah, oh, Luka Doncic okay. is who we're talking about, yeah. So I've been enjoying watching that because it's on pretty much throughout the day because they've been playing four games a day um, because of their setup in their bubble down in Florida. Uh, although uh, of the games that played yesterday, two of them are done now. The series is over because they won. So they're going to wait for their competitors to finish. And they yeah. have at least um, two more games because they're... Uh, they're where are they? They're all in Orlando? 
They're all in Orlando. That? They're at, on the on the facilities for Disney World. So they're staying at different yeah. hotels within Disney World, and they've got three different um, um, venues set up to play games in. Uh, and uh, as I understand it, basically what they're doing now is in the playoffs, they're they're using two of the three, and then the third one is now is set up as a practice venue for them. And uh, oh. you know, and each team has certain times scheduled as to when they're allowed to go practice and when they're allowed to use the courts and to try to yeah. stay. And they get uh, they they're COVID tested every other day, and anybody who leaves the bubble has to uh, get tested and goes back into lockdown for a period of days and tested before they're allowed to come back and mix with the people that are inside. And so far, it's been working. They've been uh, healthy and keeping it going. And unlike the other sports, they haven't had anybody drop out because they got infected. And uh, well, so well, you know this bu- this bubble concept seems to be a really good idea. In fact. Uh, in the uh, Sunday morning show yesterday, they uh, uh, they showed families that are making bubbles, you know, within their neighborhood. If they have kids that have friends, right. so there's like three families that gather together, at least on the example on the mm-hmm. show there, uh, and they uh, they get together for classes, and they have a tutor they hire to come be there with their with all the. The, the kids from these three different families mm-hmm. and there's four of them out of that three families so they pay the tutor forty dollars an hour okay ten bucks per child mm-hmm. now of course of course not everybody can afford that but it's a really good workable concept so that the kids still get some social time and they're more attentive to their schooling because their friends are there and uh, and they have a, a an adult that's with them mm-hmm. uh, while, while they're there so uh, I, I think that uh, that may be sort of the future of, of education because you, it's as close as you can come in a, in a uh, remote learning framework to a classroom type of situation, you know. Yeah, so you have like a mini bubble in your area. Of course, the thing is, if any of those parents, their job requires them to go back into work, that then bursts the bubble because now they're interacting with people outside of that, that bubble. Um, you know, if if uh, the tutor or anybody that yeah. the tutor knows, if they if the tutor lives in yet a third or a fourth different family, anybody in that family who goes outside now the tutor is a possible vector for infection. So you you know that's the thing yeah. with bubbles. You've got to make sure that everybody everybody follows the same rules and stays locked down. That that has been an issue for the well, NBA because they did have a couple guys who who like one guy left for a funeral and then after the funeral he stopped at a restaurant that he likes. Uh, happened to be a uh, also a strip club, but he stopped and had a drink and and got lunch before he came back in. And then they found out about that and said, "You did what? <laughs> you, know, you went where? You went out to a funeral? What do What do you mean you went to a restaurant? Uh, yeah, you just so, lost your paycheck, right? <laughs> well, they locked him down for they were locked him down for two weeks and said, you know, that wasn't you. Know, you were going to get locked down for four days anyway, but now it's going to be two weeks mm-hmm. because you interacted with a bunch of people that we don't know. You know? Right. Yeah, well, you see, that's uh, as long as you keep the groups fairly small, and and, and they're all friends, the, the and they agree to the precautions they're going to take. It, I think, it's a chance of it working. the The yeah. real problem is with with the school situation. You've got so many kids; it's just another big group. You know, no matter whether they're exactly. kids or what. And so somebody is going to go out of line somewhere. Yeah. And uh, in fact, the whole group. So I, I think we're in a in a new bubble world. 
I agree. I think the little <laughs> mini bubble makes sense. You know, I was talking with um, uh, my my sister, your your daughter, Haley, um, uh, my nephew, your grandson, uh, Noah, had a birthday yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, I hear you guys went over and wished them happy birthday and had some cake and, and then left, and, and yeah. uh, apparently they had a couple friends over, people that they know from right in their neighborhood, who have all been home as well. They they splashed yeah. around in the pool. They were outside, well, you know, in a chlorinated environment, and the, which is as safe as you're going to get. Yeah. And these other boys stayed overnight, so they had. Yeah. Uh, cool. They anyway, had a bit of fun. Uh, I talked to them briefly. They called. I I had sent a gift, and so uh, from from Elaine and I, so they called and said thank you, and we chatted for a minute before the boys went running off to to hang. Yeah, out. I guess I think we got there just after you'd hung up. So. Oh. Well, no, you'd, you'd already left because they... they um, oh, is they, that what it uh, was? They told me you had been there, so maybe it was somebody else calling. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, because you had already been there. <laughs> they didn't well, tell me well, you had come before you came, so it had to be after. You know, <laughs> I know right, the sequence. Right. So, uh, yeah. hey, you want to talk a little bit of tech? Um, yeah, let's do that. Do you remember um, um, uh, years ago we had a copy of it? I don't know if, if, if you've ever looked at it, but Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator? Yeah, they just released a brand new version, and apparently it's getting a lot of positive uh, feedback about it. That that uh, you know, each version of this thing. I mean, it, even years ago, it was to the point where it was essentially a an actual flight simulator. I mean, it's not really a game; it's it's a flight simulator, and so you can fly real time from any point on the planet to another point on the planet, and at any given point, you can like. You know, look out the window and see pretty much what it looks like wherever you are flying over. Uh, well, it's, when it's you really... say real, when you re- say real flight simulator, that means something you cr- climb into. You, physically, you buy this thing and you crawl in and close the door, and you've got well, all the controls and everything, right? Okay, that, that's no, not cheap. no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying oh. is, is that they have the software to give you a complete flight simulator environment. Now, if you want to buy the rest of the stuff to put together a flight simulator that is a you know a cabin reproduction and there are people who are crazy enough to have done that um you can do that and microsoft has uh, has the outputs and the the uh the the control io connection io connections to to control that so you can plug it in and be and, and have it run off the usb ports of your computer so that you can have literally uh change the the um uh, if you if you want to go to that point change the the uh the the platform that you're sitting on so you can have it tilt and move um they actually have not only you know back when 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 i had once had a copy of this you know you could have a yoke or a joystick and have a few control surfaces now they've got full control surfaces yokes they've got um uh heavy duty metal made pedals that cost over 500 dollars, so you can have full flight pedals um, and modular panels so that they can have, you can have like your altimeter and your digital um, uh, feedback for each of the different uh, engines that you might have on a, on a given airplane. And you can set yeah. them up and stack them so that you can basically duplicate, excuse me, the cockpit of, of airplanes. Um, and, uh, and in fact, uh, just made the news recently. It was just because it was interesting. Uh, two buddies basically sat down and flew the real-time flight from uh, New York to Dubai. Hmm. It was like six, 16 hours real-time flight. Wow. 
The point well, that they made is they, they shot video of it, and, and the one comment that I read in the video <laughs> was, um, let's hope that the real pilots aren't uh, chugging drinks the way these two were the whole time because they were... <laughs> yeah, autopilot, right? <laughs> they bought a whole bunch of those little um, airplane bottles, and they were drinking those, and they had their uniforms on, and they built a... Um, they were literally sitting in what looked like inside of a room. They built a, a um, uh, cockpit. And so they had the cockpit, they had chairs, they had the flight yokes, and uh, everything was set up, and they put their uniforms on, and they looked like, uh, you know, like the typical pilots you would see. Well, um, well you know, I was, think, I was thinking of where those things could be very popular, and that is in any aero museum, aerospace museum, you mm -hmm. know, uh, like that has airplanes along with it, and it gives the kids yeah. something to do while the parents are around looking at the antique airplanes that a lot of kids might not be interested in. I'm not yeah. saying they won't be. Anyway. Uh, but have it set because, up for each of the different airplanes. Each cockpit, you well, can build a cockpit that, that actually matches. And if you've got a yeah. surface that you can set the whole thing on so that it tilts and stuff, then it's like, like a uh, an arcade game. Well, I was going to say that I haven't been to an aero, air, uh, airplane museum that doesn't have at least one and usually two or three flight simulators somewhere in the uh, museum. Yeah, and so you know, if if they are still workable, uh, there may be safety issues with them. Some of them because you don't want anybody around outside because the thing, you know, could could hurt somebody. Right. But if they get fenced it off or something, mm -hmm. they they might be able to make those an uh, interesting attraction for people. Sure. Or even well, or even random for people if they want to learn to fly. You know, have lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there are there are um, schools. Uh, especially for, for general aviation and stuff, where you can use uh, a, a Microsoft Flight Sim as part of your simulation training. You just, you know, you do have to buy some of the additional equipment like the pedals and the, and the, the flight sure. yoke and the, you know, in order to have a, a functioning uh, system. Yep. But it's really, it is, it's quite amazing what you can do for, you know, for buying some software for, you know, a hundred bucks and then a few hundred dollars for some control surfaces whether you know including pedals and and, uh, and a flight yoke and uh and and you have a, a functioning simulator now it doesn't tilt you around but but even if you wanted to go you know a baby step towards that they do have um uh gaming chairs that now plug in via usb and you can the the chair will um you know move and and vibrate and create sounds and stuff so that you will get the yeah. sense like if the engines uh you know throttle up or throttle down you'll feel that is in addition to hearing it um yeah yeah it's it's pretty amazing how far you can go with this uh -huh. if you really are into it <clears throat> yeah i thought about maybe getting it um, i and getting a cheap little flight stick because my setup here is i've got you know dual 27 inch monitors it's almost like i was you know it's big enough that i could make it seem like i'm looking out the front of an airplane uh, between sure. the two screens uh, well that was that that's a significant part of the uh training too you know i mean for vfr visual sure. flight rules you know that's uh, you, you you want to be able to do that you fly into airports see the control towers and all that stuff as you yeah as you descend. well and that's the thing about the their the microsoft's flight sim is that that stuff is all so visually realistic now um yeah that, yeah uh, i can yeah. see i can see well there's always a, a pretty good percentage of the population 
of guys at least, maybe girls now too, uh, when, once they get out of high school that have, you know, if they have any uh, interest in the air, airline industry, and you know there always are, there's probably 5% of them that are candidates, and that's a lot of people, you know? Yeah. That, that would love mm-hmm. to have these if they, if they were affordable to them, you know? So that's that's pretty good business. Yeah. No, well, I had I hadn't heard that they'd re-released anything, but doesn't yeah, surprise well, me. Yeah. Well, the, the tw- there's always- a 2020 version, yeah. So it's supposed to be significantly updated. Yeah, sixty bucks, sixty bucks for Microsoft yeah. Flight Sim Standard Edition. Uh, huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, you can do a lot just with the display side of it, you know. There's a deluxe version for 89 and a premium deluxe for 119. I don't know what you get for the 119. Uh, you probably get some of the additional um, things that are add-ins uh, in the others upgrades. It probably already includes those in terms of like uh, the uh, but, yeah. Here it is. Compare editions. So uh, I'm, I'm sure for less than a hundred dollars, you can get a pretty good dash panel too. You know, the toy kind of thing made of plastic and all that but it still uh should you know better than nothing <laughs> yeah give you some feel for it you know yeah i mean because it doesn't cost a whole lot to make pedals in fact everybody who ha- makes keyboards makes pedals these days because there are all, most of them are digital uh the trick so. is getting and I, I, it's funny i was looking at a an article uh that said you know hey if you're interested in in um in this in fact let's see what is it titled here it's titled uh flight simulator really hits different with proper accessories so here's the best ones and they've got them for different um uh sure budgets, that's different budgets but they they're the ones they've picked there are the ones that work best with it so they've sort of got a low a medium and a high budget version of each of the different accessories but uh one of the things they say is like when you get to the pedals you pr- if you're going to get into pedals then then don't just get a cheap pedal, get a, a decent one because you want something that's going to be, you know, made out of metal and actually be pretty hardy so you can push on it and not, um, yeah. you know, not break anything. Well, well, the other difference is, is that if, if you want the pedal to give you some kind of feedback, you know, like if yeah. you're falling, flying a light airplane, you know, you don't have a big hydraulic system to, you know, control mm-hmm. and you get feedback through the pedals. Yeah. So, all kinds of sophistications you can talk about to make something a more real simulation, you know. So, well, that's that's interesting. Uh, one of the uh, things that uh, <clears throat> I I read about after the fact. You remember it was probably two or three weeks ago now when the, all the tech heads gathered in the White House or. Uh, with, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Congress. they did. They did the virtual uh, meeting with the CEOs of the four big tech companies. Yeah, the one I was going to bring up is uh, it was a little blip regarding uh, Tim Cook's response when somebody, uh, one of the congressmen, <clears throat> excuse me, asked him about uh, their their uh, their store software app store, and he said that's a feature of the. Uh, Apple products. That's how he described it. In other words, that's not a, it's not a separate store. That's a feature of the product. In other words, <laughs> the guy wanted the guy wanted to ding him on the fact that you know he uh, uh, limits who can be in the store because they 
thrown people out of the store for various reasons. But he pointed out that there isn't an app in that store of how, get how many millions there are that they haven't uh, thoroughly vetted. But you, you, it's not just, you know, send us a piece of software and we put it on the store. That's not the way it works. They thoroughly know all the uh, capabilities of that and any potential misuse and, and violations of the rules. So it's a big part of the store is what they allow, you know, and don't allow. Yeah. Because they, 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 they're they the famous garden, right? <laughs> right, but, yeah, their walled but, garden that they, that they build. Dep- that depends whether you have a positive or negative view of walled gardens, but if, if your, your kids are going to have these things or access to it, you you darn well don't want them exposed to a lot of the other stuff that they might find on the Internet, at least in... Mm-hmm. Of course, that's uh, a little bit of a false game, too, because every one of these devices has a browser that gives them the Internet and access to all kinds of stuff that, that oh, yeah. is, you know, you can't, I mean, yeah, you know, you you're can't one really click away them. from any kind of, you know, inappropriate picture or, or video that you can imagine. Um, yep. You know, and, you know, I think it, although it doesn't happen often, I think everybody's had the experience of you're looking for something and you hit search and suddenly stuff pops up you didn't expect. And you go like, oh, crap, that's not what I wanted. You know, you're back but, out of it like this. But, but, but there are plenty of tools that are available that will protect you from that so that you can't do that. There are some. Um, I and, don't know that they are, for the average person, still easy enough to use. You know what I mean? Well, uh, there's a lot of parents uh, I, out there who turn to their ten-year-old and say, "Set this yes. up for me," <laughs> you right. know, because because they don't know and don't have a desire to understand this stuff, and that right. leaves you in a precarious well, position, you know. Well, uh, as a consequence of that, uh, our church has classes on just that thing for parents. Yeah, and 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 you know, know, and there are sources for that through churches and other places that provide some information on how to set up your phone or set up your computer to protect, you know, and give you as the adult some control over it instead of turning to your yep. child. But um, uh, yep. you know, and there's resources, but that requires parents uh, engage and try. And yep, some do and some don't. You know, it's just. Everybody has different levels of, of this is important versus that's important, you know? I I somehow managed to bring up a, a different display. I, I, oh, there's an X where I can get rid of it. I was, I don't know what I touched. I was reaching out and touched something on my keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> and up pops this menu. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least it wasn't something inappropriate, right? Like we were talking right. about. <laughs> Not that we've got any visuals here. But, you know, it's funny. I'm still looking at the Microsoft page, and I have they have a link where it says Compare Editions because I said they've got a standard, a deluxe, and a premium deluxe. And it's the most worthless piece of information I've ever gotten. Here's what it has. It has three columns, one for each of the different levels. And underneath the basic one, the standard one, it says you get the simulator and you get digital ownership of the simulator. Okay? Yay. Second mm-hmm. one yeah. says you get the simulator, digital ownership, and the deluxe upgrade. And then for the premium one, you get the simulator, digital ownership, the deluxe upgrade, and the premium deluxe upgrade. You click <laughs> on it. You click. It doesn't tell you. Nothing in there tells you what is the deluxe upgrade and what is the premium deluxe upgrade. It doesn't tell you anything about what the differences are. I could tell that yeah. much by reading the names. What a waste. 
that's so irritating. Uh-huh. And there's and you click on it, there's nothing to click. They don't give you any more information. That's it. Wow. You know, for an extra thirty dollars, but from the deluxe to the to the premium deluxe, you get the premium deluxe upgrade. Well, great. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing here tells me. I'm on your website, and literally nothing here tells me that. Yeah. What a pain. I'm supposed to know this by, like, reading reviews? Osmosis, Todd. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the problem. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's everywhere that people that don't know anything, but they kind of fake it, you know? Right. It's in writing. It's, it's, it's just okay. everywhere. I clicked back so. to another page and then an about button. And then under the about button, you can then click on something that tells you that the deluxe upgrade gives you five additional highly accurate planes with unique flight models and five additional handcrafted international airports. So, yeah, it's like add-ons that you can add on to the other one. And oh. then the, the premium deluxe gives you uh, five more um, planes and five more aircraft. So that's what yeah. you're paying for is the 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 simulation of additional airplanes if you wanted right well that those are classic i mean that's what you expect right I mean, but it just it, it, you know, was that hard why it, didn't they put that in the section that actually compares the additions you know yeah all they had to do this, was just this, say, and and tell me yeah. which planes what planes because you know hey i may be yeah. really wanting to fly you know an airborne airbus 320 is that included in the original? Is that included in the deluxe? Is that in the premium deluxe? Well, I don't know. They don't well, tell me. Yeah. Well, typically they don't get that detailed. I mean, from the old original classic flight simulators that you crawled in with the door, you know, and you did all this. There was a, a pre-setup where you had choices about whether, you know, you're going to be a fighter plane or a cargo plane. Right. You know? Well, that's because the cockpits so it, are different so in it, these planes. So it just sets up the simulation to have a, a, a more... Uh, weighty aircraft or whatever, the, you know, the mm-hmm. physics of the thing change. Yeah, well, that's like comparing a uh, you know a hammer to a digital hammer. Yeah, a hammer can do one thing, but a digital hammer can morph into lots of different things because it's digital. Yeah, this is a digital yeah. software thing. They can you know it can do lots of stuff. But why on earth don't they give you the information to make the decision as to whether I want to spend more money? I get five more planes. You have to guess as to which five those are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently. You know, and yep. it's yep. it's hilarious that they, they, as a feature, say that you get digital ownership of the software, or of, of the of the of the bits. I guess I don't know because I know Microsoft. <laughs> you don't own anything; you license it all from That's right. from from them. So I don't get digital ownership of anything. Ah, ah! I have found something that talks about the airplanes. That <laughs> is for, yeah, Microsoft Simulator. This is the basic collection. I guess is the description. So the, the, the premium gives you 10. Yeah, you get five additional for the regular one. But here's the additional aircraft that you get. So, and the air, air and the, so yeah. Oh, so if you want like San Francisco air, airport, then you have to get their $119 version. Hmm. And yeah, you get a well, seven, 787-10 Dreamliner. I, 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 my personal feeling about that is, is that they because it's easy to do, uh, they put in all these different airports. The fact is, is that that's the least important thing about thing when you're simulating an airplane. I want, I want to be able to fly different airplanes and 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 have a significant variety, you know, 
at least uh, you know a, 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 something like a fighter jet, a small cargo plane, a passenger jet. Uh, you know, the, those kinds of distinctions make a whole lot more difference in your uh, what you learn and get out of a flight simulator than whether whether you land here or there. That that that's just a a, a throw in because from the technolo technologist standpoint that's easy to do and it and it looks jazzy you know seeing a picture of an airport out the window you know mm -hmm. but but it's not very significant to the flight part aspect of it unless unless you say you got a short runway and and that's a very easy thing to do too you can you know make an artificial short run a long one you know or yeah well these are actually duplicate it's a simulator so it, it duplicates actual runways so you know yeah. you decide to take off from or land or, or fly to a runway of any given size decide you know depending on what uh what well, you want you know well yeah uh if they if they throw in weather and things like that that are real happenings and and all of that simulation is good then then i say you got something but if it's just mm -hmm. physically a different location uh who cares yeah they do. That's the thing is that you can you can set you can select the weather and fly through certain kinds of weather, or you can just let it be randomly selected, or it can actually tie into current weather, and so it'll it'll also yeah. replicate weather that's actually happening outside right now. Um, uh. And the initial one gives you a single engine prop general aviation plane. I think it's a um, uh, a Cessna. You can get a two engine Cessna. You can get a, an experimental Beechcraft, it looks like. There's a small jet. I don't know if it's a Learjet or what it is. And then there's this one that looks like it's a glider. Um, mm. I could be wrong yeah. about that. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's uh, a Diamond Aircraft DA-40 TDI, a Diamond Aircraft DV-20, a Beechcraft Baron G-58, Cessna 152 Aerobat, and a Cessna 172 Skyhawk. Those are the five planes that come with the the base package and then if you want to get like some commercial stuff you have to upgrade to one of the other two packages so you can fly like you know big boeings or things like that sure but these are the well, kind of planes like... if you were if you were going to learn to fly you would start with probably a single engine sure. uh you know cessna type of plane right well i wouldn't want to start with a single engine i would have a dual engine but just for safety <laughs> yeah but i think most people start with single engines well, when when I I was a member of a flight club and learning to fly, that's that, I had a, a dual engine. Did you? Yep. That's unusual, just because they're more expensive airplanes to 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 own and to rent and to have. Most yeah. uh, most small airports, you know, general aviation airports, people learn on on little single engine Cessnas and. Um, you know, Beechcrafts or Pipers or whatever. Um, well, it just happens to be what the Aero Club had, so... Yep. I yep. don't know. You know, and you have to deal with the fact that you can... You know, you the added complexity, because you can um, change the thrust of one engine or another independent, and that can change the flight dynamics. And so right. it's yep. more complex to get checked out in a dual-engine plane than a single-engine plane. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not tech stuff that we n normally <laughs> would talk about, but we went off on a tangent because of yeah. Microsoft Flight Simulator. 
Yeah, so... Uh, I was anyway, tempted I'm to buy at... it till I found out that it's only on Windows, and that means I'd have to put Windows on one of my computers, unless I want to run oh. it on a laptop. And if I'm going to run it on my in my computer, I want it on my big screens, which means then I got to either plug in my laptop to the big screens, or it's just it's like, oh my gosh, this is too much work. Yeah. <laughs> I, have you noticed how everything uh, Apple now is on sale? Everybody's Best Buy, and all these people keep ha- hassling me. At least, come on down. We got good sales on all this stuff i think they're afraid they're not going to sell it yeah people are you know holding off for you know the newer technology well and i think you know if somebody were asking me today should i buy a computer right now i'd say well what's the shape that your computer is in uh honestly that's usually my first question from people is it physically damaged or is it just not running well because if it's just not running well how about erase everything and uh reinstall from scratch and you'll probably find that it runs much much better um, it's amazing even even today what that'll do used to be with windows you had to do that about once a year or once every six months in order to keep it running well at all but um yeah. now nowadays um you know once a year or once every other year it's still mac or windows makes good sense to just start from scratch you get rid of you just collect cruft over time you know you download stuff to look at it or you know and so you've just got a bunch of junk out there and uh, and your disk just gets wacka wacka, which is less of an issue with hard, uh, you know. No, now that we're not running spinning hard drives, but there's still a lot of machines that have spinning hard drives too. So, yeah, well, you know, that's one of the significant improvements of the iPad system mm-hmm. over the uh, OS X is that you don't you don't even think about that. The only uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing, in fact, that I do with OS X anymore is that. I I thought for a while uh, that I didn't really have to worry about how much stuff I had in memory, even though I bought an ec- extra amount of memory, so I had a pretty good size. I forgot what it is now yeah. in my uh, in my yeah. MacBook. But yeah. well, when uh, you're buying it, but you know late, that was their first PC. But, it was also sort of like an iPad. You didn't have any you didn't have any choice after the fact, right? So whatever you were going to get, that's what you got. So pick what you want up front. Yeah, but. But recently, I've had messages saying, uh, you're running out of memory, you know, you need to mm-hmm. offload something. So I got my big 8 gigabyte, no, 8 terabyte hard drive out here. Running out of memory and I storage. Offload. Well, I'm start, well I'm, I'm talking about memory in the computer. If I can get it out of the RAM memory, you know, that's all it has is the, is the solid state memory. But I had, I forgot how much is in there. But anyway, I offloaded all of the videos to begin with I, I you know I don't watch most of them very often but I just had them there because the, you know the storage was there so right. made a big difference now suddenly I got all kinds of space on the computer you know right until so I you're talking video. storage not memory because even though right. they're both solid state there are two different types of memory that are in there one is storage memory one is is active memory although I will say that um, because the storage memory is significantly faster than when when there was a spinning drive that all of these operating systems, if they need more active memory, will use virtual memory by taking advantage of some of that storage as if it was memory. And when it's actually electronic as opposed to a physical spinning disk, it is significantly faster. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is they they take a lot of that stuff that's and archive it on the cloud. You know, Apple does. Mm-hmm. So that... Uh, I mean, not all of it. You can designate yeah. what goes up there, but yeah, you have the uh, option of doing that and what goes up there. You know, I mean, if you le- take the defaults, you're probably fine. 
but you can go and say yes i want like like in your pictures in particular anything that's stored in photos any any video yeah. or photos you can say store it in the cloud just leave a thumbnail on my device and then i will you know select it and if and that's why sometimes when you pick up something and you decide you want to edit it it'll say wait a minute i got to download it for you right yeah so which well, i do I- on my ios devices and i do on most of my um, uh, Mac devices as well, but I have one Mac that acts as my server, and I've got multiple terabytes of storage attached to that. And on that one, I keep a physical copy of all of the photos that I send up, and all of the um, music and videos that I have. So everything is stored on an, uh, a device attached to that server, that Mac Mini, and on that one. I keep a local copy of everything. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I, I, when I got that um, notice from the thing, I just, like uh-huh. I said, got rid of the video, and it just like my MacBook suddenly became a whole new machine. Yeah. Yeah, you know? instead of room just, to work with. Yeah. That's one thing that people don't realize is that, you know, if, say you have, I don't, it doesn't matter what how much space it is, but as you get to within... of capacity, your operating system grinds to a halt because there's all these little files that it creates while it's running that are like working files. And Mm -hmm. when there's not space to create those files, then your operating system starts having problems. And it it doesn't like come out and say, I'm having problems initially, but eventually they get bad enough that it finally starts telling you whether you're running Mac or Windows or anything. And they'll just say, I don't have enough space to work here. You need to delete some stuff off of this drive so that I can actually function. But it, it's like night yeah. and day. Once you give it a little bit of room, you don't realize it because it, it starts slowing down and it happens gradually, right? And then at some point, you're just like, boy, this thing's not working very well. And then it'll start giving you these messages and you're like, ah, and you do a little house cleaning. I've had that with both my daughters because they had uh, um, macbook airs that had like 128 gigabytes of space on it and that was the max that they had that was it and right uh, and so they were running out of space it's really amazing though to think that um they both those machines still had um sd card slots and you can buy half height sd cards so that they fit in that slot and don't stick out so you can just slide it in there and give them not only another 120 but you can 256 gigabytes of additional storage just by sliding that little disc in there and uh, yeah, it's it's not as fast as the built-in storage, but for saving pictures and stuff, um, that makes a huge difference. And then when they um, when we set it up the second time for both of them, we also set it up so that you know the their operating system had since added the ability to do that that cloud storage where most everything was in the cloud, and they would only keep the most recent stuff on your disk, and the rest of it was just a little thumbnail. Um, and that's frees up a bunch of space because that's what eats up a lot of space on on phones and on on a lot of devices is uh all the photos that they snap you know with their phones because you've got a camera with you all the time so people snap pictures oh, yeah. all the time i take pictures of stuff just to remember it you know <laughs> it's like oh me too oh, you know uh, oh, there's a number that... i want to remember or there's a, a uh, an article or you know something i'll just snap a picture over a screenshot of it and save it in yeah, photos ever... so i know where it is yeah, every once in a while, I have to go back in and start deleting these old photos that I've dealt with, whatever it was, and I right, it's just, yeah, you know, it's just uh, taking up storage, you know. Yeah, I almost so. wish that they had a third app, you know, 
because usually when you snap a picture, you can save it to files and you can save it to uh, photos. And I want like a documents app. Yeah. And I guess that's what files is, but it's files is not as, you know, I want a documents app that's essentially the same app that's photos. It's just a second photos app. That stuff I stick there is photos of documents. You just want to save it as PDF instead of a JPEG or something. Yeah, well, and you even have I, that option on the on the phone now too. Did you know that? Yeah, right. You can, yeah, you I know can that. snap a picture and save it as a PDF in Notes, and uh, yep. And so you've got a PDF scanner built into your phone, which you know used to there was apps that you had to download to make that functionality. It's built in on iPhone. Yep. I I can't speak for uh, uh, Android in that area, and it's yeah. not something I don't remember testing that or doing that when I had the Android phone for a month. So I don't remember if they have that built into the operating system or not. But uh, pretty handy. Pretty yeah, handy. yeah. It, it, you know, the uh, the PDF file turns out to be one of the best things invented. You know, uh, yeah. Adobe Adobe did. Adobe did something right, right? Yeah, that, that doesn't I mean, they quite made, offset they made some... the. I was gonna yeah. say it doesn't quite offset the horror that Flash was, but right. <laughs> but you know, Flash <laughs> Flash was great. For its time, for 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 when it came out, it allowed slow, um, slow connections to have very neat interactivity and video and things that you couldn't do otherwise. We just got right. better technology later. Well, the the problem is, is once once these things proliferate and get out on the web, is that they're still out there and on that web somewhere. And every once in a while, I'll find this thing and it'll say, "You got to upgrade your flash." Uh, yeah. Oh, flash. Bullshit. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I see it about once a week, too. And, and uh, yeah, I ignore it. I never, ever do it. Well, half the time, too, it's not even updating your flash from Adobe. It's something they want you to click on a link, and it's going to take you to a site that's going to, you know, uh, perhaps uh, uh, put yeah, re- malware on your machine. You that's know, right. Because it's, yeah. it's not even Adobe putting flash out there. So, so. Word to the wise, if you ever get that uh, notification that you need to upgrade your Flash, ignore it completely, close the window, don't go to that website anymore. You know, if it's something that you really, really, absolutely, legitimately have to have, then go to the Adobe website, download the most recent version of Flash, install it from there, and then go back to the website and see if they tell you you need to upgrade. Because if they tell you that after you just upgraded from Adobe, then you know it's garbage. Right, right. You know, if it's a website you have to go to, but I'd say just ignore it and don't go to that website. Yeah, another uh, little note that I had here for myself was that uh, I read that uh, the SE processor, or that the new one that's out, the uh, new phone, you phone, yeah, that uh, has a, a a really high performance chip in it, and they run it's the, the same tests chip that's in the iPhone 11. Well, not apparently, not really. Uh, it's got the uh, desig- same designation, but uh, a guy named uh, Kim Kamaya is an industry insider, prolific, it says here. They, we're quoting him. The range is not just going to be fast. It's going to blow away the rest of the industry. There's something new there but they don't really know what it is. A tipster reveals that a new A14 chipset inside the range will offer 
CPU and, G, and GPU gains of 40 and 50% respectively. Okay, but that's not the SE. That's a new chip that hasn't come out. The SE has the exact same chip that's in the iPhone 11. It's already been torn well, down and verified by iFixit. Well, it, uh, let's see. Did I read it this Sounds like you're conflating two different sure. things. Because you're talking about the, the, the 14, which is is not oh, yeah, chip. Yeah, I, I, I was. It does mention the IS, iPhone SE uses the A13 from the iPhone 11. Right. Anyway, the successor uh, to that is the uh, A14 chipset, I guess. Right. Yeah, so they were just using that as a lead-in to the talk about the new chip. Yep, yep. Yeah, I didn't see that. But that's that's what you expect. Every, every generation is going to go as far as they can go until they find something else to speed it up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not at all surprised that the A14 chip is going to be faster than the A13 chip. I mean, duh. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't yeah. any better than the A13, they wouldn't make it. They go, 13's good. We'll stay right there. Yeah, you know. Um, now the the orders of magnitude, or the the amount faster, or the improvement level of improvement, you know. Yeah. Who knows? That remains to be seen. Quite frankly, I always think those numbers are uh, marketing numbers anyway, because, you know, what matters to people is not how much faster that chip is according to some some benchmark or standard, but, you know, how much faster or better or yeah. or uh, how do you see it capable in the is, is my device? Yeah. Does does, you know, am I able to do something with with device A that I couldn't do with device B or with B that I couldn't do with A or whatever, you know? Can I do yeah. something better or faster or that I couldn't do at all with the previous one? And that has more to do with feature sets in the overall device than it does with the underlying CPU. And in, and in fact, one of the things that's irritated me a little bit with Apple in the past, although I understand it from a marketing perspective, is... They will sometimes, they have introduced at times new features that are software limited to a new piece of device, a new piece of hardware, but it's software limited. There's nothing stopping that functionality from working on the previous device other than their decision that it's only going to work with this device. So if you want it, you have to buy the new device. Right. And they've yeah. done that a couple times, you know, where they've just said, okay, this, this feature is only going to be supported. You know, it's one thing if the new feature requires that you have, you know, two cameras instead of one. Well, it's okay. You physically have to have two cameras. So you have to buy the new device that has two cameras or three cameras or whatever that might be. Right. You know, but if it's just a new uh, image processing that we're now doing, we could do that same image processing on the older phone. Now it might've gone, maybe it moves a little slower because, you know, especially nowadays they might, because they, they control their own silicone, they might be putting something in the silicone that, you know, some hardware speed up for specific processes. And I get that too, but you know, they've, they've got to make decisions about how to differentiate new products from old products and expensive products from cheap products. I get that. It's just frustrating when, when yep. you see something that you know is a software limitation that they're just choosing not to make available to you. Yeah, that that's why I, I'd rather 
uh, stay with a top line product and just not upgrade very often. Right. You know, until until I find that there's some mm-hmm. sort of leap in technology in one direction or another, uh, and uh, and get the the best. You know, right. I when I when I buy something, I, I want it to last. You know. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I did. I mean, I I um, you know my last phone was a a uh, a seven plus. And I skipped the 10, which is the one you got. I skipped the 10s, and then I got an 11. And so I yeah. probably won't get a 12 or 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 11s or whatever they're going to call next year's phone. And I probably won't get the phone the year after that. Um, instead, what I'll probably be looking at is for a Mac device that runs off of Apple Silicon at some point. Now, what that is, whether it's a laptop or a desktop or a what. Um, you know that remains to be seen. Depends on what they have and what the prices are and what fits my needs. Um, yeah. The you know I was well, talking earlier about my Mac Mini server. That's a 2012 Mac Mini and it's running on Catalina, which is the latest operating system. But that the that system will no longer be supported with um, with Big Sur, the next version of the operating system that comes out. They are uh, the that's what- 20- 2014 and and up max so i guess my eight-year-old mac not being supported by the latest software is not the end of the world but that doesn't mean that maybe the mac that i'm working on right now as my desktop won't become my new server at some point and i'll get a new mac mini that runs off of apple silicon for my desktop um you know we'll see right yeah you you i didn't realize your your mini and mine are the same model year yeah, I have two Mac Mini 2012s. I bought 2012s. Um, one of them I bought new, and that was my main desktop computer for a while. The other one I bought used, and I very specifically bought a 2012 instead of a 2014, because in 2014, I think I bought it in 2015 or 2016, um, but they um, they had not, or the, the 2014 model, you could not upgrade... Um, I can't remember if it was hard drive memory? or memory. I don't remember if it was hard drive. One of the two is soldered on, either hard drive or storage. Whereas in 2012, uh. you could replace hard drive and storage. Um, and I replaced the spinning hard drive in both of them with a solid-state hard drive, which made them significantly faster and increased the long the longevity. Um, and for my server, it basically just boots off of that drive. It doesn't use it for anything because all the storage is a external disk array that stores my video and p- photos and all that stuff. Um, so if yeah. any one drive dies, I can swap out the one drive and not lose anything. But the um, on the uh, you know in the 2014, you didn't get any uh, changing. Now the the 2018 Mac Mini, which is the most recent Mac Mini, um, the hard drive is soldered in, but you can upgrade the memory. You know what oh. I think it was the 2014? They they soldered both of them in, so you couldn't upgrade either of them. You had to buy what you wanted. Whereas with the 2018, they gave you the ability to upgrade memory again after the fact. Yeah, I've I've been wondering whether the Mac Mini makes sense anymore because the uh, uh, the iMac now has kind of covered that front just and the display and all integrated kind of works better. I think. Yeah, well, for most individuals you know. who have who have a one one display in front of them and they, that's what they're happy with, I think the iMac is far and away the best choice i agree you know it's all yeah. integrated into one piece um however they just came out with an intel imac like in the last month a, a new upgrade which tells me that that's probably going to be one of the last things that they upgrade um to the silicone yeah probably will be 
they just well, put the Intel that and the, they're and the Pro. MacBook Pros first. That's you know. Yeah. That's the lead. And uh, the Mac, and bits, maybe, but I also think the Mini because the Mini basically has the guts of a MacBook in a desktop machine for the most part. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the first desktop machine to be available in Apple Silicon is a Mini. Yeah, it could be. Also, yeah. it uses lower power, um, lower, when I say power, less powerful processors, not necessarily low energy use, but less powerful processors. Um, the Mini does, generally speaking, than the iMac or any of the other desktop machines. And so, yeah. it, you know, they will create, say, a 2020 or a 2021 Mac Mini off of Apple Silicon and probably not upgrade it for th- two or three or four years and leave it on the lower-powered silicone while the other ones will get the faster stuff that comes out a little bit later and be upgraded more quickly. You know, Because mm-hmm. most of their sales for minis, and they acknowledged this when they when they created the 2018 Mac Mini, um, because originally the Mac Mini was sort of like that starter Mac, right? They sold them for four ninety nine, and you bring right. your own keyboard and mouse and, and monitor, and you've got a, a Mac computer. What they found is most people aren't using them that way anymore. That most of their sales for Mac Minis are people who want inexpensive servers that they can sit on a shelf. And in fact, they were very particular about keeping the exact same form factor when they brought it out because people had lots and lots of racks that they had invested in sticking these Mac Minis in that held that size device. And so the when they kind of reintroduced uh, the yeah. Mac Mini in 2018, they kept the same form factor. Um, they changed the outside to a gray color instead of the silver color, but that was about it. Um, you know, and then the ports were all coming off the back in the same way, so that they fit into these racks because that's how people are buying them. And so they they structured yeah. it and priced it and set everything up basically to be a good like mini server. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. and it works great for me because I like the like I said I've got the two dual screens in front of me and I like that setup and don't see any reason to change it. Um, so you know, we'll see when they start coming out what how the prices break down and what you get for for what you spend as to whether but i mean my laptop is a 2015 uh 13 inch mac pro and it is one of the best computers i've ever owned in terms of just flexibility and it still has the ports that i like on it in terms of i'm not forced to go to USB-C, and i still have a memory slot on the side and um, i take pictures and like to be able to take the memory card out of my computer and stick it, or out of my camera and stick it in my computer without having to worry about do I have the right dongle with me to make it work. Um, so there's a lot of positives for me to keep that laptop. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it works fine. For what I use it for, it works fine. I have no, you know, there's not a, a need where I say, oh, that laptop doesn't work well for me. Yep. Well, I've, uh, uh, I've, as I told you, I've become such an iPad user that uh, my desktop stuff sits in here and sometimes gets buried in paper. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so so unused. But then every once in a while, I'll there's certain things that I I know I have to go back to my back MacBook for. Right. And uh, and so I'll do that. And and most of the time, that's grabbing files off the internet and then playing with them, converting them, and or grabbing you know, uh, mm-hmm. a piece of an audio file or something that mm-hmm. I want. Yeah. Well, to steal so. Steve jobs analogy, right? It's like you're living in your car most of the time, but every once in a while you need a truck. 
every right. once in a while. That's why everybody yeah, should guess. at least know somebody who owns a truck, right? If you don't own a truck, if you don't have one right now, at least know somebody yeah. who has a truck. So in case you need to haul something, you can do that. Yeah. Everybody should have access yeah. to a laptop or a, or a full computer for those occasions when it's just better for the job. It's like having the right, right. tool for the job, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or whenever it comes to uh, anything with a DVD or a CD on it, well, then I got to go to the computer. I guess I could hook that up to the uh, operating system on a iPad now, but I haven't tried. Can it. you? I I read somewhere that you could, but I was well, I, mean, I said, well, why do why do I want to do that? You know, the latest OS gave you a lot more capability in terms of the access to that port, but you have to have the adapter that gives you a USB onto that port, right? Um, yeah, or USB A. Because um, yours still has a lightning port on the bottom of it, right? That's right. And I'm not going to do that until I use... I have plenty of adapters for my computer, but until I upgrade my iPad with a USB, uh, I will, right. I'm not much interested in that. Well, and then you go to USB-C, which still means you'd have to have an adapter to attach to any peripherals, because virtually all the peripherals, unless you go buy all new peripherals as well... I'll have USB-A connectors, so you still have to have an adapter in there somewhere or a cable that has both ends on it. Well, well that's what I have. I have three different adapters. The problem was, mm-hmm. as I discovered, the first one I bought did not provide enough power to the other devices on the adapter, and I've got hard drives that need power through right. the USB. Right, so you and have so to they have a work. USB that has a, a power brick, so now you've got another thing you have to remember to plug in. See, and that's why I don't right. think that... Um, for, for certain issues, the iPad is certainly a better tool than a laptop. But when you start dealing with this stuff, it bothers me that they're iPadizing laptops to the point where laptops have lost a lot of functionality. You know, and it's like, uh, I don't care if my laptop weighs a few ounces more. Give me some ports on the stupid thing so that I don't have to carry around all this extra garbage that I can easily misplace or lose or grab the wrong one out of my disk or out of my bag. You know, why well, Why should my laptop require 15 different adapters to work with the, the, the three different devices that I need to plug into it? Well, my thought on that was when they got the USB-C, that they had the power and everything there to plug in a complete bus that fed across the back with as much as stuff, ports as you've ever had on your computer. But they, But I haven't found that device. The one I'm thinking about is a powered bus that's got... Right. You know, it, it, it may plug in well, separately uh, for power in addition to the computer, but whatever, it should give you that computer capability when you're docked. Yeah. You know, you don't need to carry that crap on the road. I understand that. And that's what they're thinking about. Somebody that's always on the road with a lot of their machines. But, but that's when what a lot of wanted- people do. When, you, when, you're, when you're traveling for business, you bring your laptop. And now if I'm traveling yeah. for business, I bring my laptop. If I had a yeah. newer laptop, I would have to bring my laptop and a dongle so that I could put in video cards and a dongle so I could have USB-C or USB-A out and perhaps a dongle so that I could plug it into an Ethernet cable if somebody doesn't have good Wi-Fi, but I've got, I could, but I got physical Ethernet and, a, you know, plus the power, power brick that you have to bring. You know, there's just like, you know, you well, always see, that, have to, that, that, that's where you need this this long bus as wide as the computer is with all the jacks on it. Yeah. You need them all on one for home. And there's use. been and a few that do that. One thing in. There's been a few that do that. The other issue with USB-C that 
they created, and I don't know why they did this. It drives me absolutely batty. I think it has to do with Intel and licensing, but it just makes me angry. Is some USB-Cs are USB-Cs. Some USB-Cs are Thunderbolt 3s. They look the same, but they're not the same. They act differently. One can be the other, but the other can't be the one. Um, and so, and Apple, God bless them, on some computers have USB-C on one side and Thunderbolt 3 on the other side. So if you plug in one side of the computer, you can use Thunderbolt peripherals. But on the other side, if you plug into the exact same type of jack, they won't work because they're on USB-C version 3, uh, which is USB 3 communications over USB-C <laughs> connectors. You know, Now, that's supposed to get better when they go to USB-C 4 because USB-C 4 will have Thunderbolt 3 backward compatibility. So that USB-C 4, which will also be a USB-C connector, so it'll look just like the ones that you already have, will work differently. But at least it'll combine the two. Now, on your laptop, you only have USB-C. But the later, more powerful laptops have USB-C and Thunderbolt 3 on different ports on the device. You know, perhaps they're labeled differently, but it's going to be, you know, tiny yeah. and very hard to read because Apple doesn't want anything to look gaudy and readable. You know, legibility is horrible, aesthetically speaking. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah, in fact, that, in fact, the fine print on the back of some of their devices is so small that if I want to read it, I take a picture with my camera and then blow no it up. No kidding. I've done that too. <laughs> and oh my gosh, Apple, could you quit printing white on white? Light gray on white is not legible. Right. You know, they're just trying to hide the fact that the law requires they put some labeling there. So they put the labeling there. But boy, they make it almost impossible to read. And I and you know, yeah. that's done by intent. But, you know, when you're yeah. five years down the line, when you pull the stupid power brick out of a drawer and you're saying, now, which is the power? How much how much what's the amperage on this one? I mean, you know, magnifying glasses and cameras and zoomed in and. Holy moly, it's hard to read. They, on a case for the, um, I have a um, an old um, uh, 8.9 inch, I think it is, uh, the, first, the very first version of the iPad Pro before they had the, the, the 12.9 inch even. It was the first, first model of it. It was, it was just the same size as a regular iPad. And with it, I got the keyboard case. So you could flip it around and use the keyboard. And, uh, you know, you had this little weird origami type way it folded around and then it would hold the thing. And Mm -hmm. one side of it is this like rubberized stuff and that's the side you have keys on. But the part that folded up against the screen was this uh, faux suede. They printed the serial number for the actual keyboard on the faux suede. Really? (laughs) Yeah. In four point type. In black. Uh on dark gray so you're reading black type on dark gray printed on suede good luck reading that two years down the line when you find out that this thing is now covered by warranty because it's coming apart at the seams it's separating now i took pictures of it i actually went online because i got mine replaced they did replace it for me almost two years down the line because it was literally coming apart at the seams and so they said, you know, if that's a design flaw, we'll replace it. Good for them. Thank you for the customer support. But they wanted my serial number on the old keyboard. And <laughs> I looked at it, 
and looked at it. And I took a picture of it and sent it to the person who I was going through support and said, you tell me. <laughs> and there was a long pause, no, no response, no response. And then I get a text back going, um, thanks for the photo. Your new one's on its way. <laughs> it's like, I can't read that. Nobody could read that. Yeah. You know, it's bad yeah. enough that they print black on dark gray, but then they print it on suede. <laughs> like, who huh. reads that? Yeah. Who thought of this? I, oh, my I, gosh can't recall but not too long ago within a month i took a picture of uh, one of the devices and i think it i think it's my airpod not no uh, my uh, earpod you know oh, the little oh. white gizmo the earpod yeah. pro yeah because there was something on there that i wanted and god i couldn't even get the camera uh you know to hold the, the earpod in the right place so i could keep it focused <laughs> and and because I and I was really zoomed in, it was a hell of a job to get that picture. The only thing I can see most... on an AirPod that you could possibly—I mean, it says right and left on each one in very light gray, so you know which one goes into which side, as if that wouldn't be obvious. But on the back well, of the AirPod case, there's in super super tiny gray, light gray on white. There's something written. Couldn't yeah, tell you I, what I'm it not. Is. I'm not sure it was the AirPod, but it was an Apple device of some type, mm -hmm. and a. That's kind of why I hesitated to tell you because that's not the mouse, but that's got some little tiny stuff on it too. Yeah, they got fine print everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's ridiculous trying to read that stuff. Yeah. Oh. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, Todd. Uh, well, I'm hungry. <laughs> Is that your way of saying about... we're done? Finito. I think so. Let's see if I can zoom in and read. Oh, okay. So what it says in tiny, tiny, like two-point type in light gray on a white is designed by, Cali by Apple in California, assembled in China. It says that right below the hinge on the back of the AirPod Pro case. Case. Well, yeah. yay, Apple. But yep. there's no way on by earth. The it just looks like by a the smudge. Way, I really like that device and the fact that it charges multiple times on the case only. I don't have to go back and mess with Yeah, isn't it, it amazing how well those work? The the They're, only issue with them that do. I've had is that I sometimes forget to take them out of my pocket and I I have literally woken up at night and gone <gasps> and jumped and gone and gotten the pants and fished them out of the pocket and my pants in the hamper because they were going to go through the wash. <laughs> oh like, boy. Like, no. <laughs> Well, no, my well, first my, pair of AirPods went through the wash. My my big mistake, oftentimes, and it's really weird, is that I wear hearing aids, and I will forget to take the hearing aids out before I plug the AirPods in. Oh, so you, <laughs> so you hit and, yourself and in the ear with the AirPod, basically. Well, I, no, I don't even notice it until uh, I move very much without my hand near the AirPod. You know, sometimes uh -huh. I'll plug them in while I'm on laying on a pillow. You know, so I'm not uh -huh. moving much. And, and they work for a long time, and then suddenly I'll discover, hmm, did I take my hearing aid out? And I go to push the ear pod in. Oh, it doesn't go in very far. It's, that's why it's loose. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just sitting on the on the periphery of the ear. That's funny. Right. Well, before we go, yeah. I know you're hungry, but I want to say one more thing. Um, this weekend, I did something that was kind of fun and very retro. Um, oh. I 
haven't used it for probably 20 years, but I've had it in storage. So, and I have intended to wait till I had, um, uh, you know, the old desk here in my space and, and set it all up. I have an old, uh, techniques direct drive turntable and I ordered a small preamp that I have attached it to and then run that into my, uh, mixing board and my sound system here in my shack. And yep. I bought a, bought a, uh, a cleaning system for old vinyl. And I start, I pulled out old vinyl, and I, I cleaned a whole bunch of old 45s and then started going through my albums. I have some of your old 45s as well. Now, I didn't get into the box that I that you have, that I have of yours, that had the, the, the better quality 45s. These were just the, the loose the, 45s that, oh. um, that we had. And you'd give me a bunch of those that were in a little, like, stand-up rack that didn't even have sleeves or anything. So they're kind of beat up. But I cleaned don't all of have, them and put them in sleeves. Don't you have my L... Don't you have my LPs also? I do. I do. I don't have a okay. lot of LPs. You didn't have as many LPs as you had 45s. Yeah. Um, but I've got your LPs as well. I played a little bit of, of uh, some of yours and played more of mine because obviously they're mine and I have more memories of, of hearing mine. Um, but I played like the, the first side of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. I played the first side of the first Crosby, Stills & Nash album. Um I played the entirety of Billy Joel's The Stranger. And it was interesting when I picked that one up. I apparently had paid extra when I bought that album. And I got what was called a half-speed mastered album. So when they so when they um, used the cutting machine to cut the original master disc, instead of doing it yeah. live sound, they did it at half-speed, which, if you read the label, means that it was a higher-fidelity album. And I tell you what, I don't know whether it was that or the fact that it was pressed into a higher quality vinyl or what but it was a very thick heavy album compared and let me tell you there was a huge difference between the thickness and the and the weight of different companies vinyls um yeah but this was a very thick heavy album and it played beautifully with minimal amount of background hiss and pop it was probably the best sounding album just in terms of sound quality of any of them that i've i've played with so far um hmm. Not to mention that his Stranger album was one of his best albums, so I enjoy Billy Joel. Um, but um, anyhow, by the way, did you know? You know, he's still out touring and stuff. Obviously, right now with COVID, he's not. But um, he was still doing that up until. But he hadn't released an album since I don't know early two thousands. Um, and I did a little reading to find out why, because it's like, well, why did you quit recording? Why are you not doing that? Basically, he said it's too much of a hassle. He doesn't like working in the studio. It's hard work. And so he just, he said, you know, he said, my time has come. My time is gone. He says, I'm not going to continue writing songs. And I'm not going to be one of those nostalgia guys that puts out bad quality stuff, um, you know, just because I want to, as a vanity project. Yeah. So if I'm going to do an album, it's going to be a good album. And that's a lot of work. And he says, and I'm semi-retired. I don't feel like putting in that much work. Well, most of these guys have one in their basement at home. You know, there's that's a studio. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. mean Shoot, you can set up I a mean, studio if you're now. Not, if you're in that business, why don't you support your profession? Right. You know? I don't. Yeah, I guess I, that was my thing too. Is and, and I guess what it what it really boiled down to is he doesn't have a passion for it anymore. Is he just yeah. you know he he likes going out and performing. He likes being in front of a crowd. And he's fine playing his old hits and and he doesn't really feel like sitting down and writing songs and and recording them because for him hmm. that's chore. It's not a joy. And if it's not a joy, yeah. he's going, I'm old enough. Why on, why on earth am I doing something that's a chore? You know, huh. he says, I don't need the money. So why, why yeah. go do that? 
You know, if, if I'm not finding, you know, and what, which also leaves the door open that if he got inspiration or suddenly decided he wanted to do it, he would go do it. But yeah. basically he said, don't expect it. Don't count on it. He says, at this point, for me, thinking about doing studio work is nothing but thinking about work. It's, it's drudgery yeah. for me, you know, well, which is funny it, because it I've it heard is. a lot of, I've heard a lot of artists say the exact opposite that going out and touring is a, is a grind, but they love getting in the studio and being creative and, and, and making things. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to tell you, I discovered six CDs that could easily have gotten lost. We, uh, were been cleaning out the RV and it's got a, a multi deck CD player in there that, uh, I had forgotten about it, but, uh, I was messing with the radio and it happened to come on and I says holy cow that's my Roy Rogers farewell concert and so I immediately thought of my multi-disc player and so mm-hmm. I got all of the CDs out of there and unfortunately I've only got disc three and disc four of the concert so I'm huh. wondering whatever happened to my other two two CDs but in addition to that I've got uh, one's uh, the Sons of the Pioneers. When we were at uh, uh, Branson, Missouri, before the, uh, gee, this was the first time we went to Branson and saw the Sons of the Pioneers. We we've been there three different times, and I'll always remember the first one because the and I can't think of the guy's name now. He was the leader of the Sons of the Pioneers since the uh, I mean he took over the leadership role from mm-hmm. the original leader leader. Uh, well, other than the Roy Rogers, son. and and in fact, he he was the MC at this concert for this concert CD, Fair, Roy mm-hmm. Rogers Farewell, uh, and uh, and he had such a great voice, he was irreplaceable. So the later ones weren't very good. Anyway, they have uh, they have this uh, disc called Our Best to You with the Sons of the Pioneers, and that was with that group of of guys. You know how mm-hmm. you know the the successions happen; they replace. A voice at a time sure. as they pass on or or leave. Yeah, they retire and, uh, or say, "I'm going to either go solo or, hey, I'm old, I'm quitting." So anyway, there's those three discs, and then there's another one. I had a really good friend who was on the road, and he had this. Uh, it's he titled it, "Oh, Al Alton." That's his name. The One Man Clam- Clavinova Orchestra, and mm-hmm. the Clavinova is this keyboard that was yeah. made by. Uh, I forgot what the company was now, right now, but he he worked for them for years, and he recorded uh, all kinds of wonderful orchestrations that he demonstrated at music stores that sold the Clavinovas as he went around mm-hmm. the country, and and uh, he was a phenomenal musician so much so that he got a job with Disney, and was a ranger. And scored some of the stuff that they did on that Fantasia movie. That was his stuff, you know. And so he, we got a, we got a live performance of him playing some of that uh, while we were uh, camped together. And I'll always remember Al, but he's he's uh, his wife still, as far as I know, lives in Florida. We did go to visit them before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, Clavinova is now a. Um, I don't know if it, how long it has been, but it's, it's a, according to Wikipedia, it's a long-running line of premium digital pianos created by Yamaha Corporation. Yamaha, okay. I I wasn't sure who did that, but anyway, uh, uh, he was quite a performer because actually the way he did things, he was an arranger more than anything, and 
when when he performed for me, most of his stuff was uh, in memory, and he just do the one or you know one finger on each hand kind of a playing, mm -hmm. so that he could change the chords with the left hand and the right hand play the melody and all that. Yeah. All the rest of the backgrounds that came with it, he had prearranged and stored. And, you know, my keyboard has the ability to store that, except sure. it's only four tracks, where his had something like uh, 32 tracks. So it was a fantastic, complete orchestra, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I'll always treasure that because, you know, this wasn't a commercial disc. He had it printed up, so it's in color, labeled, stuck on the, on the, uh, the CD that right. he made for me. And so, uh, and then there's just a couple other discs that I have of music. Uh, Buddy Holly, one of them was called Remembering, and the other one was just all Hank Stowe stuff that I had in there. But I could have easily lost those, except that it just happened to come on while I was messing around with the radio. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it made me realize that I, should, like, hey, I better take those with me. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too. It was, I was looking at some of these CDs. There was a, a group of about six of them that um, were damaged to the point where I can't use them anymore. One of them was a Peggy Lee 45 recording of My Man on one side and All Right, OK, You Win on the other. And it's literally mm. cracked in half. So ah, the CD, that's it. You're, you're, you're not talking CDs. You're talking records? I'm sorry. Yeah, this is a 45 record. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I went like I said, I went through these and was cleaning them. And one that I had that was one of mine, it was the last uh, charting hit by the Four Seasons, a song called December 1963, Oh, What a Night. It was the last oh. the last song yeah. of theirs, that, and I had that on a, an original release, 45, and the C, the, the, the disc, the, the record has got a crack that goes, I mean, it's broken in half. By, by the way, uh, I need to... Uh, you take a step back in technology, and what do you get to? VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. I had, when, I, when we first got here, gone to uh, uh, well, darn it, a store that sells used stuff. Uh, uh, used I store. can't think of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they had a whole bunch of these VHS oh, yeah, tapes and stuff. Yeah, um, when you Dis first moved Disney up there, we went to like a Goodwill. Yeah. Well, anyway, I saved some of the best of those, and I still have them in a box here. And, in fact, one of them was on the actual uh, uh, picture of the tape, and I'm trying to remember what it was now. Uh, uh, anyway, I have that one. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's a, it, today it's worth quite a bit because you can't get it anymore, you know? And, yeah, and well, all of those tapes that I had weren't worn out they, whoever uh, got them uh, apparently you know we got them made a copy of them and, and that's what I did I digi digitized them you know right and the only thing is the format of course on the screen was the old 3x4 instead of the right. widescreen and, and most, the, of the, uh, sound most of the Disney vaults are now available on Disney Plus so if you subscribe to Disney Plus you can go back and watch all their old animated films so, because for years Disney used to like release it for for a period of time and then stick it back in the vault and not bring it out for ten years, right? And then when they brought it out ten years later, instead of selling it on VHS, <laughs> they'd sell it to you on DVD, and then it'd go back in the vault for ten years, and then it'd come out and be on Blu-ray, then it'd back in the vault for ten years, you know. And so you you had a window to buy it if you wanted it, 
and then otherwise then you'd you know, have to find it used or you, you know you couldn't get it anymore um, they're not doing that quite as much as they used to because of digital um, availability of stuff now um, yeah well but, they wait uh, too long and people won't be, have any interest in some of those old ones in fact they've been remaking stuff they have they've uh, been see. doing live versions of and in fact uh, in the next week they're supposed to do their their live version of Mulan that was supposed to be in theaters yeah. but because of COVID isn't so if you have Disney Plus you can buy it for 30 bucks huh. <laughs> I was like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I saw that commercial yeah 30 bucks yeah my foot I mean, I'll give you 30 sure. bucks <laughs> but uh, you know I say that and yet I would have watched it in the theater probably the, uh, you were talking about recording stuff. That's one thing I found that looking at a lot of my LPs as I was going through this is I have a lot of old LPs that are in really good shape because I would play them once and record them onto a cassette and play the cassette until the cassette died. And if the cassette died, then I'd go play them one more time and record them onto a cassette again. And so yep. I didn't play my LPs a lot because I didn't have to. I put them onto cassette and then I listened to cassettes because that's what I could yep. take around with me. You know, back in the days of the early Walkman. Well, and you didn't have to worry about the needle going zooming across the room. It was a right. not a portable system. Right. Yeah. Do you have any spare needles now for your player? I do not. And so, um, but you know what? There has been a huge resurgence in the interest in old vinyl records. And so there yeah. are lots of turntables available. In fact, the turntable that I have... It's a Techniques uh, D303, so it's a direct drive uh, turntable, is now worth about four times what I paid for it when I bought it new in 1982. Yeah. <laughs> I bought yeah. it in like 1982 when I first started working at the Dow Stereo down in San Diego. Yeah. And, uh, and it is worth more now than it was when I bought it. And... Uh, uh, and anyway, I, through Amazon, you can you can buy new needles and cartridges and stuff. And the one I've got's working. I actually just watched a video yesterday on how to go and make sure that you're balancing and getting the right amount of pressure on the needle and that the needle is adjusted so that it's tracking properly on the records because I haven't done any of that. I just left it all how it was. And after years of in storage and being moved around, I'm sure that's not as accurate as it could be so i'll go through that process and try to get it all set up and once i get my albums cleaned then i'll look at maybe getting a new needle because um uh you know i've cleaned a few of them but i haven't gotten all of them but there's so, you know playing in a, a record that has a lot of dust on it a sounds bad and b trashes your needle so so right. um you know i'm not going to invest in a new needle until i've gone through and cleaned up all of the the discs as well as i can yep so Anyway, it's it's fun to be able to listen that way and to, to listen to the old analog stuff. It does sound a little different than it does when it's digital. Um, well, know, a lot and, of people like like that. Yeah, well, know, that's the why they're finding stuff. the big resurgence, yeah. You know, especially... And the other thing that pe that's coming back is people say they really like the sound of some of the older tube amplifiers. And so, uh, surprisingly, the high-end audio stuff is old tube amplifiers again. Uh, you know, I I think that that, that uh, there's a lot of hogwash going on, and a lot of that because with digital uh, processing techniques, you can get anything you want. I agree, and and smooth it. It just uh, beyond me what 
some people it's, think they hear. It's 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 fun to play with, though. You know, I like yeah. the mechanical uh, arm go over and sets down on the record. And, you know, and that's and and it's like for me, I wasn't investing anything other than I did go buy a small preamp so that I could run it directly into my into my mixing board. Um, you know, so I spent sixty dollars on a preamp. And they had preamps that were like two and three hundred dollars, and they had preamps that had little tubes on the top of them, so that you know. But then, if the tube died, you had to go buy a new tube to go into it. And I went, I don't need that. A digital preamp. I went and looked at the ratings and said, this one's good. Everybody seems to think this is a good one. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost got one. I almost spent an extra five dollars because there was one that also had a Bluetooth out, so I could use the preamp. But then I could also, you know, send it to any Bluetooth speaker I wanted. And I went, nah, I'm just going to plug it in and use mm-hmm. it here. It's not like I'm hauling my record player around and I need to attach to Bluetooth speakers. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not going well, crazy with it, but but I got it working, and, and so I'll clean my records up and maybe get a new needle, and that's probably the extent of it. You know, what, what, when, you, when you start talking about record players, my very first uh, record player was I won it for a $1 chance raffle at, at the church festival, and it was yeah. a $50 player at the time, which was really expensive. I mean, you yeah. know, $50 back in the 50s, you know. Yep. And this th- this thing was a two-tube player. And I only know that because as, as time went on, I ultimately took it apart. <laughs> uh, and uh, two vacuum tubes. And that's what got me interested in vacuum tubes to the point where I bought a physics book at a drugstore so that I could learn about uh, how this thing really worked. <laughs> And led to me becoming an electrical engineer. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It is. It yeah. really is. How life well, works. Well, I remember you talking to me about, you wanted to know about tubes and radio. You said, you want to know how radio works. How is it that radio waves go through the air and show Absolutely. up here and the music comes out of it? Or, or sound comes out of it. By the way, yeah. $50 in 1950 is $544.44 in 1920. Oh, is that right? given inflation yeah so you want a 550 dollar device basically yep. yeah so yeah that was so a heck you know of, heck of a win i was i was really excited and it came with the little spindle so that you could do the 45s as well as the uh, lps and mm-hmm. that was kind of a new thing the original uh players only did the lps they didn't do the 45s and then somebody figured out how to to use the same mechanism that worked for the for the bigger records right so that you put this adapter down over top of that that first spindle and then laid your 45s on top of it yeah and it yeah. worked I have, great i have i have myself one of those little adapters came with in fact it's still with my uh turntable it, it fits on the back so you can like pick it up and set it on the spindle to give you the wider yeah. center that the 45s <laughs> use now of course so. your player had to have the speed control so your records right fun at the right rpm but uh mm-hmm. but anyway it, it was it was high tech in those days yeah <laughs> now my my platter has like the little um uh polished mirror things around the sides and then it has a prism on one on the left hand side so you can visually oh. tell if it's spinning at 33 or 45 and oh, then it has I... it has a little dial that allows you to uh incrementally move it up or down to adjust the current to the DC motor to make sure that it's um, spinning at the right speed. Mm-hmm. I say DC motor; it's an AC motor. But, uh, AC motor. Yeah, um, but it's um, and it has four rows of of um, reflectors, 
And I think that's because even though it has a, a, a set button for the 33 and the 45, that if you take the 45 and then crank the little speed thing up enough that you can actually get it going fast enough to play 78s as well. Probably, yeah. It's just not, you know, it's not labeled. It's off-label, but but that's why they have that extra row of reflectors on the Platen, so you can speed it yeah. up. You know, that's something I never owned was a 78, although I had a friend who collected uh, country music on 78s, uh, mm-hmm. Dick Holdman. You may remember him from Holloman Air Force Base? I remember the name. Yeah. yeah. He, had a, he had a whole pile of them, and I don't re- recall the story as to how he got those, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about some of the earliest country music artists were on those. Yeah. Those were ten inch generally, instead of the twelve inch thirty threes or the or the seven inch forty fives, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, and and of course the reason they went faster was that that was the way that was necessary to get the quality of sound in those days. You know, the speed made it easier to get the the mm-hmm. higher frequencies and stuff. That's right. So. We say 33s. It was actually 33 and a third. That's correct, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 33 and a third. I didn't realize it, too. There were 16 and two-thirds and eight and one-thirds um, RPM discs sold as well at some at one point. Obviously, those never well, caught on as much as the others. Do you remember the extended play records? They were 45s with two songs on each side. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah I used seven to inch disc. in that... In in that collection of mine that you have, there were several Elvis extended yeah. plays. Yes, and in fact, I, I I cleaned one of them up and and played the songs on it the other day, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I like I said, I went through. There was about fifty discs that I had of the seven inch forty fives, that um, and I would say probably forty of them were yours. These were without any dust jackets that were never in those cases. I haven't opened up the cases because you had. You had two cases of 45s that were in sleeves that were taken care of more, and I think those are the ones that you probably valued more at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't even pulled those out of storage yet, so those are still in storage. But I will go through and clean those and make sure that they're playable as well. Um, you know, I recorded all of those before I gave them to you, and mm-hmm. uh, occasionally, I, I don't even remember where, which machine I have them on, uh, I mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's still the the old. Uh, well, I'm not like sure. A, didn't you have like a creative, or then you moved everything over to that one iPod that you had, right? You had a like a 120 gigabyte iPod or 160 gigabyte iPod or something. You had all all of your music uh, on at one I, point in time. Uh, yeah, I may have them on there, but it's it's real obvious that they were they were from uh, uh, record players, not oh yeah, not CDs. Yeah, because you, you hear the, the clicking and. <laughs> yep, yep, it's in there. Unless, of course, you had a half-speed mastered Billy Joel uh, uh, album, in which case there was almost no clicking and popping. That one was really yeah. quiet, which just shows like mm. the, the difference between when they really wanted to make a good quality album versus you know just mass produce and crank them out. And like I said, it yeah. was absolutely stunning the difference in the thickness and the weight of the vinyl between certain records and others. Some of them I felt like I was trying to to um, clean and wipe off a piece of saran wrap. They were so thin and wobbly. And others were thick and s- solid and heavy. You and know, just really you know nice. what I never, 
what I never understood was when the uh, eight-track tape came out, why that became the popular format more so than the cassette. Now, it was slightly ahead of it, and maybe it was just because a lot of people wanting to have a mobile system uh, went and bought yeah. players, and therefore they just got stuck with the eight-track. But, you know, those things, the, uh, the tape actually rubbed against each other. Yeah, they going pulled the out of the center direction. of the disc to wrap around. Yeah, yeah, and and therefore it destroyed the tape. I mean, they just had a very limited life. If yeah, you no, I remember when I was often, a, when I was a kid, all my friends had eight tracks, and I wanted to buy an eight track player. And you looked at me and went, "Nope, not going to do it." No. And so you gave no me an, an, an older cassette player that you had, and said, "Use the cassettes." And in fact, you're the first one who said buy the album, record it onto a cassette, listen to the cassette. If anything ever happens to the cassette, buy another blank cassette for a buck and make a new copy. Right. Right off yep. the album. And that's what I did. I, and that's I, I remember talking to you about that. Yep. I, I yep. never had an 8-track when all my friends had 8-tracks back in the in the early 70s. Um, never had one because you refused to have one in your house, basically. You just said, nope, it's a bad <laughs> idea. I'm an engineer and this is built badly. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, and the, honestly, the, the I think I, the cassette actually was out sooner, but it was just used as a, um, a voice recording and transcription machines back in the '60s. They had cassettes, um, but when the music industry got a hold of it, they marketed the eight tracks much more because they said, "Hey, great, we'll sell it to you, then we'll sell it to you again, and then we'll sell it to you again," because it'll just keep right. wearing out. Well, the downside of the uh, of the cassette was that there were a couple ways to run the. Uh, the thing with or without the capstan okay yeah and yeah. so i have i early... still have some some tapes of you as talking as a baby that i can't play they won't play on a cassette regular cassette player they mm -hmm. require that other non yeah, before they thing. right before yeah that's the problem they had that and the other thing was some of the earlier cassette players the the way they laid the tracks on the tape were incompatible like the, yeah, uh, that's the, right. the, the the final ones that became popular when they became popular had interleaved right and left channels. So well, the, the reason is, is that the first, the first the first ones weren't stereo, and so they right. took up they made a real wide track, and there was only two tracks on the tape, you know, one right. going each direction. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, then when stereo came out, they used both tracks in the same space as that wide track mono. Right. You know. So if you had a mono player, it would take the, the the response of both tracks and mix them for you. Right, but but it, but there are also some that instead of doing two two tracks going one direction and two tracks going the other direction, like a highway, they interleaved it so that the um, right and left channel yeah had the right channel of the other you know like they transposed the right channel of two tracks so that so that you couldn't play it on a mono. Uh, player yeah, at all because then you'd be getting really you'd be getting one channel backwards from the other side <laughs> it was like yeah it took them a while to figure all that out and agree on a standard is the the yeah. problem and a part of it was again they they came from the world of they were using these as transcription machines for secretaries and stuff that's where cassettes yeah actually started out started. and right. uh you know before they became like a way to record for uh, uh for music or at least the way to sell recorded music so it took them a little while they, to, they, you know. They, they also tried to to uh, market the cassette tapes after the eight tracks were out in order to get some traction. They they were 
better quality uh, and and I forgot what it was it was the uh, type of uh, uh, coating on the tape that was an improved uh, quality of the cassette tapes and uh, they called them uh, hi-fi I think that was the word when they first came out high high fidelity well cassettes. that was they they the hi-fi is was the remember when they they did that with albums because originally a lot of those were monorail and then they went to stereo albums as well the LPs huh. but they I, um, I, it was uh, chromium dioxide tapes that's what it was yeah yeah you got you're right yeah and and I, I I'm trying to find it here but I, I I was reading about it this weekend on something and I remember reading about chromium dioxide was the big deal it was like a better type of coating that that uh, um, Anyway, it was a way to yeah. try to compete with the eight tracks. Yeah, that's the other thing about. that they were doing with cassettes too was they were um, for a while there were certain cassette players which had to have the right kind of player that played with a higher tape speed, and so the higher tape speed got higher fidelity and less hiss. But you'd get half as much time on the di- on right. the tape, you know. And the flip yep. side was you, there were also tape players where you could record at slower tape speed and then your tapes would be longer but then of course you got less fidelity yep you know but if you're using it to record voices uh you know a 60 minute tape could become a 120 minute tape (laughs) yeah and i remember that too there were also tapes where they would like say okay this is a 90 minute tape or 120 minute tape and the tape was so thin that oh you'd play it like once or twice and then it would just get tangled up and sucked up into the machine it was like oh my gosh what a mess Oh yeah, there were a lot of tapes ruined by just getting caught on something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you haven't lived till you you pulled out a pencil eraser and shoved it into your cassette to reel the tape back up inside the cassette. Right. Well, <laughs> the tape was all fold, folded by then, so that they wouldn't lay flat. And, yeah. yeah. It just, yeah. you know, it was a mess. It's, it's like you wrap it all up and then you kind of pull a little <laughs> tension on it and hold it that way for a while and hope that that being flattened inside the cassette, wrapping it around the reel again will maybe press out some of the. Um, crinkles, so that it'll right. play right, but it never played right again. Once it crinkled, no, no, it, was no. gonna ca- it was going to catch and oh. crinkle again. Well, well, it jammed up in the machine. I mean, you'd have a whole bunch of tape just stuck in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're fishing it out of the machine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 I remember those days. I remember yeah, those you'd, days. You'd say, "Oh no!" As you pull this tape out, and it's all unrolling, and then the bits of flops yeah. down on the floor. Oh, the worst uh, was when it happened in your car cassette player. You're driving down the road, and, oh. you're, like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, no. At least with a home deck, you could kind of open the lid and get into it. The car basically stuffed yeah. it into a slot. There was, you know, it, was, it went into the yeah. land of no return. Yeah. Yep. The bad old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the pluses and minuses of each different, like, move forward technology, right? And now it's yeah. nothing. It's just bits in the ether. Yeah. Well, there's growing pains all along the way. I was just sitting here thinking about my Mini and how I discovered that it doesn't have the same, uh, 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 not Wi-Fi, what's the other one? Bluetooth. The Bluetooth in Mm -hmm. there was the early Bluetooth. And it's not compatible completely with the Bluetooth in my my laptop. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Lovely. uh, I, I discovered that the other day. I forgot they how don't talk. What I was trying to Well, do. The, the thing is, is that subsequent Bluetooth should be um, uh, backwards compatible. Well, I expect that the the, the notebook will read the other one just fine 
it, it was going the other way that it doesn't work. And there was some feature about Bluetooth talking to each other that some, something wouldn't work. Yeah. And then I figured it out. I had forgotten so. about this, too. The top of the cassette had notches in it. And there was the notch that you could knock out so that it would be you'd, you'd prevent recording over something. Oh, I remember that's right. That. But then there was also additional notches, and those additional notches identified what type of metal tape it was. Because there was the chromium dioxide, which is what became... Um, the most popular, but apparently TDK also came out with a um, uh, something they called cobalt adsorbed iron oxide, and then there was also the ferroxide tapes, which were magnetite, and so there was like four different levels of, of air quotes metal tapes, and uh, so there was a type one, type two, type three, and type four, and they all had different types of holes in the top of the cassette player. So that, or well, in the top of the cassette, so that the player could identify what type of coding it was, because they each required slightly different. Um, uh, well, the the story goes on from there, though. The players, the heads started wearing faster when you had the metal tapes, and so now they were selling you new players so that your head wouldn't wear out from these metal tapes. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't More know if you're aware of that. Yeah, no, I remember that too just another trick to get you to spend more money <laughs> yeah yeah use the high quality tapes wink 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 they'll make yep. everything better right up until they don't <laughs> yeah yep so anyway the marketeers were a part of that whole evolution i'm sure yep 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 yeah i remember i had a a, a head cleaning cassette that you put a little bit of cleaning fluid on and then run it through there and it would like you rub the alcohol right. and then buff the head. But they said, don't do that right. too often because it'll tear up your, your, your recording head. Yeah. Demagnetizers to get rid of the magnetic sound on the on the cassette heads. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Yep. I had a uh, dual deck that did high-speed dubbing, I remember that. So I could put a cassette in one and a, and a blank cassette in the other. And it oh. would record from one to the other, but it would do it at twice the normal speed, so you could copy tapes quickly for friends. Yeah. Not that of I ever did anything illegal like that. Of course, the, of course, the quality was never there, but... Oh, sure, yeah. You're <laughs> recording at twice the speed. You get half the quality, right? <laughs> yeah. All the stuff. Uh, All yeah. the stuff. Well... As you tried to say, now we've gone almost two hours. Let's, probably time let, to wrap this. Let's go have lunch or, or yeah. dinner. I mean, we're <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 10 o'clock here my time, or almost 10 o'clock. So, um, yeah, I. Uh, thus far for breakfast, I've had uh, half of an RX bar, which is made with egg whites and, and a date, I think, and some nuts. So, uh, yeah. I need something more in my belly than that. So. By the way, the, the latest uh, app that I w wanted to tell you about, and I just thought about it, is uh, uh, I just downloaded it called Climacell. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm -mm. It's, an iOS, it's an iOS app, and the, the reason that I found it was that uh, currently my RV is stuck, and it's out at Denver at the... Uh, 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 RV park, okay. They have a storage lot, and the storage lot was not paved, and uh, or asphalt. It's just mud. And 
normally in the summertime you don't have this but we've had so much rain and now with the hurricane coming up this way we're getting more and more rain and i don't mm -hmm. know when i'm going to get it out of there but if it'll just dry out i'm sure i can drive out i'm i mean it, it's mud only down about five inches mm -hmm. okay but but nevertheless that's enough to get stopped and stuck and I need to get it out so that, so that first of all I can get a uh, an inspection state inspection so that I I can still meet my deadline. They they moved it back five months because of COVID, in order to re-register uh, it. And on top of that, uh, I want to go have some repair work done so I can get this thing ready for sale. And so I need to get it into a shop. And I've decided that even though I paid the storage lot up through April of next year that I'm not bringing it back in there because of this problem that's a unusable storage because I can't get in and out when I need to. So I'm going to go across the street or even better yet, maybe get into a lot that's closer to home because that takes me a half hour to get out there. Yeah, it's a long uh, drive. From here. Yeah. So uh, if I can drive to a, a lot that's right here in Huntersville, I'll do that. And then when I can show the thing to anybody who's interested so i don't know if there's room there's th but there's three different lots i can try and see if i can get in into uh and uh so anyway that's uh i was going to tell you about this app yeah i downloaded uh, it while you were with, talking with it i can set any number of other locations to see the full weather picture including the accumulation of rain you so realize I know that how, every weather app, including the one that's built in on iOS, allows you to set multiple locations. Uh, no, not all of them do. A lot every of one them that, just have the local. Every one I've ever well, used, including the one that's built in on iOS, allows you to set other locations. Well, that's that's not the important feature. It's also okay. the accumulation. Okay. Because I want to know how wet it is. Right. And so, point, how much has it rained the, in the last period of time? Not just is it raining right now, it, but how much has it rained? Yeah. Anyway, this one's got a lot more climate information in it than uh, the other apps that I found. Plus mm -hmm. the fact that I, I can have multiple locations. So I I put you guys in. Uh, uh, I I picked the uh, when when you when you want to pick other locations it'll only use the ones that it has and they're generally the businesses out there so i've mm -hmm. used the mission in since that's between you and tobin <laughs> right kind so of i got the weather for the mission in yeah uh but uh and i got one uh, for the uh marine corps museum which is just a couple blocks from heidi's and and mm -hmm. uh and then of course, the one I'm interested in right now is I'm watching the uh, campground out here to see how much rain they get, so I can figure out when I can, when it's worth bothering to drive out there and see if I can get it out. Because it's, mm -hmm. it's I need probably three or four dry days, and I'm I'll not look getting at it. them. I look at it. It says that it's supposed to be hyper accurate. One of the things that I have used in the past, and they got they were so good they got bought out by Apple, is an app called Dark Sky. And they were known well, for having hyper-local information. I literally would be on the pool deck, and it would say, it will start raining in the next 10 minutes. And darned if it wasn't right almost all the time. And if you read the uh, write-up on this one, it says, uh, or the comments, rather, some people say that it, it's better than Dark Sky. I, cool. Dark Sky is the app that I've been using. 
So yeah. I'm thinking that this is the replacement. If you know, I've just mm -hmm. did it, downloaded it, both my machines. Well, last Microsoft night. or Microsoft, Apple has not said they're doing away with it. They did do away with it on Android, <laughs> but they haven't yeah. done away with it otherwise. Um, and apparently, uh, one of the large ways that uh, Dark Sky made money as an independent company was selling uh, access to to weather information to other other apps and other companies. So people would buy their information and then use that to power their own apps or their own information. And so um, they have said that they will shut that off as well. So, uh, but they have not done that yet either. So those who are you, you know have have a uh, an agreement with Dark Sky as their provider will have to find other providers for that data. Um, so it'll be, you know, Dark Sky will become exclusively an Apple thing. And whether they still call it Dark Sky or whether it'll just integrate into Apple Weather is has not been announced yet. But uh, currently, yeah. Dark Sky is still working. And if you go to darksky.net, you can call it up on your browser. So even if you don't have the app there, you can call it up and look at it. Uh, and that hasn't changed much other than now it says Dark Sky by Apple. Instead yeah. of just dark guy at the top. Does uh, where do you know where do you see that it belongs to Apple? Well, uh, when you go to darksky.net, the menu at the top says Dark Sky by Apple. Oh, oh, I see. I found it on here, on the settings thing. It says Dark Sky by Apple. So, settings okay. thing. Oh, you you're looking at the Dark Sky app. Yeah. I'm not talking about the app. I'm looking at the web page, darksky.net. Oh, well, I didn't go to the web page. That's why I said darksky.net about three times. <laughs> I, I, so, I know, but I'm on the app. Yeah. I'm on the app, and right. I just found it. Uh, yeah, yeah. They up. got for a long for for the first month or so after they got bought out, there was a little banner that popped up anytime you launched it and said, "Dark Sky's, you know, been been acquired by Apple. Here's what's changing. Here's what's not." Uh, uh -huh. And so, um, uh, at least for the time being, the API that they had is still being, it, they're not accepting any new signups. Um, and the API is still providing information to those who had already signed up, but that's supposed to be phased out by the end of the year. And they, um, about three or four weeks ago, shut down the, um, the Android app so that it no longer works. Uh, mm. You know, because Apple. Why, why would they provide anything yeah. to Android? <laughs> right. That yep. said, you know, when they first launched FaceTime, they said that they were going to make FaceTime available on all platforms because they were going to make that a competitor to something like Skype, and they've never done it. And uh -huh. with the advent of, um, of uh, COVID, um, I think they missed an opportunity there to show people how much better Apple's technology can be. Yeah, because I, you know, when we're using it, like talking to people one to another, um, FaceTime to me is still the superior choice. Uh, even though, like when we're doing something like this, I can't use it because its security limits will not allow me to tap in and record the audio. Um, you know, I still think it's a better technology, generally speaking. Yeah. Well. Yes, we, we've gonna... <laughs> we've said goodbye now. How many times? And then we keep talking. So why don't we wrap I, it up? I see. I'm I'm going to get rain tonight out at the campground. So I was going to go out tomorrow morning, but I guess I won't. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you it go. I'm goes, glad. glad. You know we these could things. Bring up the app. This, this weather just keeps changing for me. You know, it looks like I'm going to get some dry weather, and then suddenly, boom, 
Well, Good come visit gone. me if you want dry weather, because that's all we got. We got dry weather. Oh, and <laughs> fires. Half the state is burning, apparently. Luckily, nothing I, I close know. to me right now. It's all sort of the middle part of the state right now. But they said that they've got three fires going right now, and all three of them are the largest in the history of the state in terms of That's just ridiculous. square miles of damaged, like, yeah. wilderness. They're basically the, the Sierra Nevadas are burning from from Sacramento to, to you know, L.A., all the mountains in between. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Anyhow. Good I'm talking to you, it. Todd. It's been wonderful. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Enjoy it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.